The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a third edition of The Chris Sheeran Show in less than a week, by the way. We are en fuego, which is Spanish for on fuego. Yeah, what Lou said. It's Lou DiPietro. It's Chris Sheeran. No guests today. We're just going to sit back and rap for a couple minutes about, uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Luis Severino. Some 21-year-old kid from the Dominican. Yeah. He made his debut or something against, what was that team? I don't know. I don't watch baseball. The Boston. The Red um, Stockings, right? Oh, yeah, those yeah, guys, yeah. yeah. The Boston Bloody Sox. The Bean Eaters? Yeah. The Boston Bean Eaters? Yeah, them. From 1912 or whenever they were the Bean Eaters? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's break it down. Uh, watched every inning. Uh, his fastball is ridiculous. His cutter is ridiculous. I think, he's, I think he topped out at 98. 96.5 was the average. Yeah, topped the out average. at 98. Topped out at 98. Uh, his cutter was sick. His changeup, I believe, only it was 90. That's a power change. That's, that's that not is a, a hell. His, think about this, boys and girls. His power changeup is CC Sabathia's fastball. That's, that's not your run-of-the-mill Edouard Ramirez Bugs Bunny changeup no, right there. That no, is, no, uh, no, 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 no. That, that is, is a power change. Oh, my God. Fastball. No, it's a, oh God, it's a slightly it. slower fastball. It's not even a changeup. Um, I, I thought he did great. I, I thought he was everything that he was hyped up to be as John Sadak came on the play by play voice of the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Yankees on our Monday show. Um, you know, he was undefeated in 11 starts down at, uh, triple a. And as John told us, he was just too good for triple a. It's the first time he's lost since like may. And, and that was the first home run he's given up yeah. in a long time. But he even said after the game. You make a mistake like that up here, it's going to get lost. Yeah, I mean, he grooved Ortiz a 2-0 fastball. And as you said right before we, we came on, you know, kudos to Ortiz, who's how old turned on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. And I don't know if it's landed yet. Yeah, but I mean. That, that, that was crushed. That's why you don't get behind hitters like that. You know, oh, yeah. 2-0. and And when you know he's going to expect a fastball right down the middle. And my goodness, it was right down Broadway. That's a learning experience. As the scooter used to say. Oh, Mm-mm. holy cow, right down Broadway. But he went five. He threw 94 pitches, 59 for strikes. He struck out seven. A lot of three-two counts. Yeah. A lot of three-ball counts. Wasn't very economical. No. But at the same time, you got to give him a pass. It's his first major league start. It was very ballyhooed. Love that word, by the way. Um, I just couldn't take – and I – listen. I understand the excitement. I understand everybody getting all hyped for this start. But – I had to laugh when I saw Fred Kerber send out a tweet last night that, that Severino was now leading Jack Morris in Hall of Fame votes. That's a good one. Because, you know, I mean, for Kerber, the love of Kerber's God. seen it all. Curb your enthusiasm. Where's Larry David when you need him? I know the Yankees rotation hasn't, you know, it's been very inconsistent. So when this kid comes up and he's 21 and he throws the way he throws, it's, it's fine to get excited. I'm not, I'm not. Out here with the fire extinguisher trying to say, don't be excited. You could be excited. But don't try to put, you know, the October hopes and maybe the World Series dreams on a 21-year-old kid's shoulders. You you just can't put that much pressure on the kid. Everybody else in this rotation has to perform. And, you know, CeCe is going tonight as we tape this on Thursday in the finale against the Red Sox. And you're kind of happy about that because you really don't want CC going anywhere near this weekend series with the Blue Jays. No. No, he's, he's the number five starter at this point, clearly. Because the Mm-mm. Blue Jays are raking right yes. now. Yes. And with that lineup where they go, you know, one through seven, 
can all hurt you. Know you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of their 92-93 lineups. There were like Mike Gallego was the only we talked about this. Mm, yep. like, he was the only, you know, quote unquote hole in that lineup. And even Gallego would come up and destroy the Yankees. Yeah, he even hit like two seventy that yeah. year, two eighty. I mean, he was he was Mike Gallego. You know, maybe it was good for Severino. Yes, you say Yankees, Red Sox, all the rivalry, all the hoop, blah blah blah. The Red Sox are terrible. Let's be honest. And brutal. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s batting average is in the low 100s. And you saw him. And you saw what he did yeah, on he, that inside fastball that Severino was throwing him. Yeah, couldn't hit it. Couldn't hit it. He, he couldn't touch him. And he was hitting, you know, eighth or ninth. I mean, their lineup is not great, especially without Pedroia. Right. So it was a good break in because they do still have dangerous hitters. Napoli, if he gets a hold of one, can can kill you. Ortiz, obviously, I mean, is ageless. Yeah, and if you look at it, he gave up one run over five innings. And he had seven strikeouts in five innings. Made Jackie Bradley look stupid twice. He did. And Napoli. I don't know who Jackie Bradley Sr. is, but Jackie Bradley Jr. ain't cutting it. The thing that impressed me a lot, after he gives up that, you know, it wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Yeah, what? Yellowstone. Exactly. After he gives up that home run to Ortiz... Immediately in my head, I hear Lou Brown. Let's see how he reacts. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to see what that did to the kid because you had to think he was growing up watching Ortiz mash his entire oh, life. Oh yeah, can, can you believe Billy Ritter's never hit a home run his entire <laughs> life? Never. <laughs> no, but he looked so confident and so poised against every other hitter. But when Ortiz got in there, I don't know if you noticed this, but it looked like he got a little. It looked like he tensed up and he was nervous to face him. You're facing your – I mean, like you said, Ortiz is one of the standard bearers for Dominican baseball right. of this generation. Severino, I mean, is 17 years younger than Ortiz. 38 and So when yeah. Poppy was in his prime, Severino was a teenager. I mean, yeah. that would be like me making my major league debut 12, 13 years ago and facing Don Mattingly. You know, or or someone of that ilk, Paul O'Neill. You know, or so, Denny McLean facing uh, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, well, you know how that worked out. <laughs> and then Pepitone went it's up a, there and put his hand where he wanted to pitch, and McLean knocked him down. <laughs> it's a groove thing. That's one of my favorite stories of all time. That Pepitone story. He went up there, went like, "Hey, you know, it's just ask uh, Derek Jeter if he got grooved one in the uh, in the All Star game." You know. Cal Ripken. Yeah, it happens. But, Whatever. But, but back to the Severino oh, yeah. what, connection. What, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You know, yes. But the first time, you know, he got him out the first time. So I get caught up in movie lines and no, tangents. Yeah, but no. what, what I meant to say was what impressed me the most about him was he gives up that moonshot of a home run. And then Napoli comes up. And he makes him look completely yep. silly on a on a slider, and he strikes. Out. I mean, Napoli was not happy after that. Severino attack. made two mistakes. Obviously, the the two zero fastball he grooved Ortiz and Daza. And Daza, I mean, yeah, you've got to pick up your defense. That's Chase Headley's umpteenth error of the 19? season. Uh, yeah, not great, but and he had plenty of time. It was Nap. Yeah, that's when you scratch your head. Like, what? Why? I, I think I, Paul O'Neill said he palmed it. It looked like a I palm a theory, ball when he threw it. I have a theory on that, but I'll I'll get into I'll wait to get into that until later. Just remind I me. I mean, is it a tin cup? Uh, you know, yeah, Roy McIlroy's got to keep hitting he, over the water. Does he have the shanks? Uh, what's going on? I don't know, but after that, you got to pick yourself up. You can't let a guy like Diazza hit. You know, right? It's that, your job that, to that make that was almost a home run itself. Yeah. So my theory on Headley is something's wrong with him that he's not 
telling because when he throws, if you watch him from from press box level, I mean on TV maybe you can't see it or whatever. If you watch him from press box level, when he throws, something's a little funky in there. You could tell a lot, and I know you've been there. I haven't, but you have. When they're warming up in between innings, because if something's wrong, you're not going to be over there firing the ball over. You're going to take your time. So in practice throws, is he... You know, I've never actually taken the time to notice because usually between innings, I'm writing or well, jotting that's your assignment down. the okay. next time you go because that could. I'll further, let you know on. I'll let you know on Andy Pettit Day. That could further help your speculation. I'll let you know on Andy Pettit Day. All right. It's my next stadium appearance. When is that? Twenty third, August twenty third. Mm, two Sunday, two weeks from Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, I thought you were at the stadium tomorrow. No, I'm I'm going to Florida this weekend. Oh, I'm going to visit my dad. Look at you. Yeah, look at that. Good for a you. Four day weekend. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm missing this Blue Jays series, and I'm also missing the Minnesota series. Um, so you're missing the rest of the homestand. Well, I missed this entire homestand because of other commitments, and then. Well, no, you're here for this the Red Sox. You're not there, but right. I'm not there. I I had other co- evening commitments that ah, prevented me from, gotcha. from working the stadium. And then I'll be missing the Minnesota series for also other Lou DePietro, man of the night. So it's softball playoffs. <laughs> let's be fair. Well, no, that's the Minnesota series of softball playoffs, but, you know, just moving house stuff, all, all kinds of crazy things are popping up. So, um, but my point is something, something looks a little funky when he throws sometimes. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe he's just got the yips. I mean, you know, look what happened to Chuck Knobloch. I'm not saying that's Chase yeah. Headley, but, you know, maybe he's got a little case of the yips because something's not right. When he was with the Padres, all you heard about Headley was his defense, his yeah. defense, his defense. And then he comes here. It's just... There Chase, might be something to your speculation. Chase Headley, to me, is a very good player. Chase Headley, to me, is a – I hate to use the phrase poor man's or low rent, but he's one of those Jacoby Ellsbury. And here's what I mean by that. Like Ellsbury, Headley had one season where he looked like like Babe Ruth, and no other season he's had has looked like that. He's a solid player. He's a productive player. But that, that there's, a, there's a huge outlier in that season where he finished, I think, second or third in NL MVP voting where he had 30 home runs and 100 RBIs for the Padres. That's his outlier season. He's not that player, but he's better than what he's showing, at least in the field. He's, he's hit very well over the last two months, but he's definitely better than what he's showing in the field as of late. And, and, by, and think of how many years Tex has saved all of those guys. Yeah. On top of it. So. And he almost had that one last night, too. But that was, that was tough. That was off mm-hmm. the grass. It <clears throat> kind of skipped low. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're waiting for this Yankee offense to hit against knuckleballers, uh, you're going you're gonna to keep waiting. I, I saw a stat against Dickey and against Stephen Wright. I remember when I was a fetus, I used to go out and steal things because I had no fingerprints. Not that one, but the pitcher. They played a clip on Boomer and Carton yesterday because Jerry Recco had never heard of Stephen Wright, Are the comedian. Are you serious? Yes. <clears throat> of all things, he'd never heard of Stephen Wright, the comedian. I forget which clip it was, but it was one of those, like, you know, I had pasta and antipasta and <laughs> I was still hungry kind of things, you know? <laughs> I saw him at Rowan. He's tremendous. But the Yankees are batting 187 against both of those pitchers this year. And Dickey, I think, is going tomorrow. K-Billy super sounds of the 70s weekend. You know, I never saw that movie until I met my wife. Really? She's like, you never saw Reservoir Dogs? I was like, no. I figured that would be in your wheelhouse. Because we were watching Swingers. Mm. And, you know, they talk about all the different shots, Goodfellas, Reservoir Dogs. And she goes, oh, Reservoir Dogs, you love, you had to love that movie. I was like, I never saw it. So the next day, literally the next day we watched it. 
Yeah, I love that. Unbelievable. Movie. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm dying here, Larry. Oh, boy. You know. It's painful to I, watch. On your swingers tangent. Yeah. You know how when you like see movie locations and stuff in the real places and you kind of, you're on vacation, you do touristy mm-hmm. things and you go there. Did you like, go oh, to the Dresden? I went to the Dresden. It was really disappointing. Really? Yeah. We did it actually when I worked for WWE <laughs> back in 2008. Uh they still do this, but we did, uh, leading up to pay-per-views, now special events on the WWE Network, mm-hmm. um, and they remind you that you're stupid if you still buy it on pay-per-view, which is a great way to drum up business. Good job, guys. Uh, so Paul London and Brian Kendrick were the WWE Tag Team Champions at the time, and they are two of the most out-there guys I've ever met. They're cool as you-know-what, but they're just whacked. So uh, London's brother lived in L.A. The, the, the pay-per-view was in L.A. It was the one before WrestleMania that year. And so it was me, one of our other editors, London Kendrick, London's brother, the photographer, and one of the security guys, Big Todd, tooling around L.A. in a limo. And their list of places they wanted to go and things like – because usually Saturday night was the night on the town like thing was like the In-N-Out Burger drive through the Scientology headquarters, the Vivid Video headquarters, <laughs> like the Dresden, the Vista Theater, which was playing Ghost Rider at the time. Oh, nice. Um, so we went to the Dresden, and we went in, and we were there for like 10 minutes and you know, took the picture of them behind the bar and all that. And it was like 9 o'clock on a Saturday night in February. It was dead. This place is this place dead. This place is dead anyway, anyway. yeah. <laughs> like, it was just, but it was just like, oh, this is the Dresden? Like, they made it look so cool, and it's just, eh. So it was kind of disappointing. What was, the, was the band there? Air quotes No, band? nor was Nikki. No, she this, wasn't. This is, this is Mike. Call me back. <laughs> Nikki was not there. Uh, no, but it was a little, it was kind of drink. It's my drink. Kind of disappointing. I ordered a double espresso. It's my drink. No, you actually asked me for an, an application. application. Oh. <laughs> Thing about taking it apart is goofy. Oh. Anyway. Point being, it was a little disappointing. Yeah. Hopefully but, this weekend's series against the Blue Jays won't be disappointing for no. the Yankees. Um, it's a big series. It is. And, you know, the way they're lined up uh, with the rotation – is is the way you want to be lined up. Yeah. Without um, Pineda, that's yeah, where you want to be. Yeah, without CC, he, he pitches tonight. And, and again, I, I, look, I, I don't want to go back and repeat myself over and over and over again. This is not a vendetta against CC. I love the guy. I do. But until – look, I'm no pitching coach. I'm no pitching expert. I never played in the major leagues. I, I never played past high school unless you count my bogus 28 and over league that I play in now pitching at Harbor Yard on Sunday, by the way. I saw that, 9 a.m., be there. 9 a.m. But I I really think he needs to get ahead with his off-speed stuff. He needs to use his slider. He needs to use his change. I mean, his change, what is it, 82, 84, something like that? Yeah. But he needs to use those pitches to set up his fastball. He's getting behind in too many counts where he has to throw the fastball, and it's 90 miles an hour, and it's room serve, and he can't live like that. And until he starts – I don't know how many times we have to say it. Until he learns how to pitch instead of throw, you're going to keep seeing these results. And this is why I love – Getting excited to watch CeCe because I want to see him turn that corner. I, I just – I know it's there. I know it's in him. And, and I just told somebody at the gym, there's no one on this team that wants to throw eight innings and 120 pitches more than CeCe Sabathia. But he's got to get that out of his head. And as we talked about in one of his first starts of the year, you know, 
he was at the he was in the sixth inning. I think he threw sixty nine. That was the Detroit game. Seventy two yeah. pitches, and I was saying to myself, "Get him out." I think it was one nothing. Yeah, I was like, "Get him out." He's thrown great. Get him out of the game. Let him have this positivity. Yeah. They left him in, and my thought was, "Joe's got to see what he's got." Right, yeah. and and you can't fault Joe Girardi for that because as Lou was very astute back then. You know, it's early in the season. you got to see what he's going to be able to give you. Now Joe knows that. Fifth inning, sixth inning, you have like a 3-1 lead. There's a runner on. He's out. Yep. You have to. And the way the bullpen is constructed right now, you can. I mean, oh, absolutely. Adam Warren threw three innings last night behind Severino. So everybody's available down there. Um, you know, Batances, Miller hasn't pitched in a couple days. Batances threw whatever it was, 12 pitches the other night in that crazy... And what a piece Warren is. I mean, what a tremendous piece he is out there. Joe, that, that's like Joe Girardi's safety net. Yep. He's a Walinda brother, and he's walking on a tightrope, and Adam Warren is just down there like Elastic Man as a freaking trampoline. His ability to do that and Batances' ability to get four or five outs at a time really... You know, you say the Yankees need a long man, a long man, a long man, a long man, and they're probably not going to have one until September. I would imagine Chris Capuano will be back in September once the, the minor league season ends. He's down there getting stretched out, whether he comes up as a sixth starter. Mitchell's in the pen right now, and he can, you know, he he can do that too when he's around. But they don't need one because of what, you know, you can go five innings and Joe can mix and match in the sixth and then go to Batances for two if he needs it, or you know, get get five outs with three guys, and then go to Batances for the last five. And I don't want to steal your thunder here, but come September first, all these kids that yeah. have gotten all this exposure up here during the season, they're going to come up. Yeah. All that first, you know, nerves and everything else that's gone. They're up here yeah. trying to prove themselves, not only for this year but for next year as well. They, they want to make an impression. So when he has all of those kids up here, and the roster expands to forty. Then these guys in the bullpen who have a little bit of a tired arm, they can get a bit of a rest. And if the offense keeps up the way it has, and the schedule, besides the 13 against the Blue Jays still, as we do this now on Thursday, the six against the Orioles and the six against the Rays. It's all Yankees. And and they have the Twins who are, you know, fighting for the wild card. I don't want to make light of the Twins. But you saw what they did to the Twins. I mean, you know, that big comeback win and then they handled them the next day. Right. And then, you know, you have some games. I think you have seven against the Indians. They haven't played them yet. Here Uh, in Cleveland? (laughs) All the little chicks with the crimson lips. Um, They have seven against Cleveland. They have the Mets for three, which should be a very interesting series. Yep. They have the Braves for three. They're all on the road. And three more against the Sox, correct? And three more. And yeah, they had ten. No, they have seven against the Red well, Sox. Well, three more at the stadium. Three more is, against is the – four in Boston or three in Boston? Um, which one's the four-game set? You know what? It was seven at home and six away. Okay, so then this four-game set Same thing. Uh, no, no, no. With the Red Sox, it was, uh, I think, six home, three away. Okay. Or six home, four away, something like that. I don't know. But I know it was more than than, yep. than the away. And Toronto was seven home, six on the road. Besides that, those 13 games against the Blue Jays, the Yankees schedule the rest of the way. Very favorable. Very favorable. I mean, they are lined up. And we talked about this with Kenny Singleton on Monday. Don't poo-poo that they're not going to go outside the Eastern time zone. They're, as Joe Girardi mentioned, their longest flight is to Tampa. Yeah, that's it. It's a two hour and they're flight. going there once. I'm making that flight tomorrow. It's a two and a half hour flight. Once. They're going there once. Like, once. Uh, well, what's his face? Johnny Dangerously. Danny Vermin. Once. You shouldn't hang me on a hook, Johnny. 
Well, you know, when we talked about what you just said with the bullpen with with Kenny and with Flash a couple weeks ago too, I've brought it up with both of them that, you know, these guys, the Rumbelows, the Pinders up right. right now, but the Rumbelows, the 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 Martins, Cotham, the the Caleb Cothams, those guys, they've got their jitters out of the way. Marino. You know, Moreno, if he comes back from his elbow, and yeah. these guys all have those MLB debut jitters out of the way. And now it's like, all right. And they're capable arms. Yeah. That That's the main thing. Joe Girardi will be able to go to them maybe yeah. in the fifth inning and have yeah. the confidence that these guys are going to get them out and get them to the big guys. And that's when, you know, in a game where CC's struggling like that, you go to the bullpen, you can mix and match and use four guys for four outs in the fifth, sixth inning. And then get to your your big guns. You can do that in Severino starts if he's not economical like he was last night, so you don't have to use Warren for three. Do you go back to a six-man rotation to stretch CC a little bit more and maybe get to September where you could have him only throw five innings? I think you go to a six-man rotation only if and when Pineda comes back. Uh, and what that will do is threefold. It will obviously help Pineda come back a little little – I don't know what the right word is – Quicker is not the right word. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll help him out a little bit. It'll give CC a little bit of a blow, and it'll help manage Severino's innings, which I know Cashman right. said there's no limit on, but he's close to his career high now. So with eight more weeks left in the season, oh, he's, he's going he's he's to shatter go it. it. Yeah. And maybe it's not even a true six-man rotation. Maybe it's a you skip every guy one time through. So, you know, in September, so that. Uh, through five, t- six turns in the rotation in September, everybody goes five times. Right. Maybe that's how you, you, you work it. And you move, you move somebody around, whoever it is, to be that fill-in spot start guy. You use your days off wisely. I'm sure Girardi, he'll have to ask Larry, but I'm sure they have a plan. In the uh, honor of the Republican debate tonight, I'm Chris Sheeran, and I approve that message. Yes. Just don't say anything bad about anybody because then you'll be Donald Trump. And yeah. That message. Yeah. Um, He's leading the polls. <laughs> but like I said, when you've got a 12-man bullpen uh, in September, uh, it's going to be very, very fortuitous for the Yankees. And that that lack of length from CC and maybe Severino and Avaldi when he struggles with his economy might not be so bad at that point. It might not be such a hurtful, hurtful, hurtful thing. Yeah. I, I think we're good. I think we had a hell of a week. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. It was a nice little conversation. Is there anything else we need to we need to discuss? I mean, nothing's happened of important well, Dustin Ackley's on the DL. Let's talk about that for a minute. Why? How many people <laughs> how many people have you already seen killing Brian Cashman for this move? And maybe the last two trades he's made with Seattle. We discussed this though. We we had this discussion on Monday. We we, we understand did. why he did. did it, but now that he's on the DL, it's whatever. Yeah, know. but th- that stuff happens. But but the last two trades he's made with Seattle, right? None of the players acquired have made any impact on the Yankees the season they acquired him. Pineda missed almost two full years. Yeah, Campos. I'm beginning did what to he think did. Seattle saw the writing on the yeah. wall with Pineda. By the way, yeah. Campos did nothing and has done nothing. I mean, he's still pitching at high A until Pineda makes 33, 34 starts in a season. Yeah. And now you got Dustin Ackley, who's going to be out twenty to thirty days with a with a herniated disc. It's like, well, maybe it's all that Starbucks out there. Who knows? Maybe. I would. I, you know what? I got to be. I got to say this. I honestly wouldn't be surprised now that Garrett Jones is back. If in fifteen twenty days he's not healthy, the Yankees just say the hell with it. Put him on the sixty day DL, end his season. Wor- worry about next year. And We're going that, with Jones. Use that spot for somebody like Ben Gamble or somebody. You know, a speedster. 
Give me a little yeah. a Freddy Guzman type from 2009. Bring Mateo up. Pinch he, runner in the playoffs. This is what, four for six, three for five, he's, something like that. In his, he just in his got NIA promoted. He's, yeah. he's raking. And Tyler Wade was hitting second for Trenton last night. Really? Talk about a team that went from the hottest ticket in town to who the hell are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have that kind of talent down there. All our friends down in Trenton, man. It, it's been a, a strange season, and, you know, I would love to. We, we should get Matt Cardos on again, All right. uh, as we know, in, in a couple weeks. To, uh, we're off next week. You'll yes. be away. Yes. Um, another reason why we've done three shows yeah. in seven days. We wanted to inundate you with the Chris Sheeran show. But I'd like to. I'd like to ask him simply about that because at the beginning of this year, you had Judge, Bird, Sanchez, Severino, et al. Mm-hmm. You know, Dante Bichette was there still. Jagailo was there. You know, you had guys. You you had nine guys that were legitimate prospects up and down the lineup. But now you have that in Scranton. Yeah, yeah. And now Trenton's got Jake Cave and who the hell are these guys? <laughs> it's you know they get they get Mark Payton who was drafted last year and Danny O playing the outfield. Cross him off, then. Yeah. Dan Fiorito's played all over the diamond for them. Um, Eddie Rodriguez, the Yankees, who was the Yankees' main veteran on-the-field coach catcher in AAA right. for much of the years down there now. But here's, here's why this is good. All that talent that got promoted from AA, now you get these guys, it's towards the end of the season in Trenton, and yeah, do you lose the talent? Sure you do. But you also get these guys' exposure at right. AA. See what you got. If you look at, if you look at Scranton Wilkes-Barre's... Right, let's go. If you look at Scranton Wilkes-Barre's roster right now, mm-hmm. And we didn't really get too much of a chance to talk to John Sadak about this because we stuck with Severino, but it's very interesting. You look at those th- – there's 12 position players on that roster right now. Three of them every day have the day off and realistically could be getting every day at bats anywhere they were playing. I mean, even behind the plate, Sanchez and Austin Romine was an International League All-Star. And Gary Sanchez has been Gary Sanchez this year, and one of those two guys isn't playing every day. You look at the infield, and I mean, now that you've got Bird up there, him and or Kyle Roller, who's been raking, was also an all-star, the MVP of the AAA all-star game, no less. One of them is not playing every day necessarily because there's only one first base and one DH slot, and there's four outfielders that are hitting well now that Slade Heathcott's back down there. It's, it's quite a jam-packed roster. And yeah, a lot of those guys will be up in September, the ones that are on the 40 men. Judge and Bird. Judge and Bird. Bird is the word. They going to be up here? My gut leans to say no. Because you remember what happened with Jesus Montero in 2011? Yes. yes. He was ballyhooed. Everybody brought him up. You know, John Ryan Murphy came up in 2012, I think it was. Or was it 2013? Either way, he came up because he was due to be on the 40-man roster, so they just brought him up as the third catcher. I don't think the Yankees are going to do that with those guys when they have so many other options. If something happens to Mark Teixeira, yes, Greg Bird will come up. If something happens to Carlos Beltran, yes, Aaron Judge will come up because then they'll be at worst in a in the the right side of a platoon. But I, I don't next year, yes, this year no. You have so many other outfielders that the Yankees can bring up. You know, even with Mason Williams out for the season, you got Heathcott you know, there's guys down there. Ben Gamble's had a tremendous season, as we, we've talked about. Um, the infield, too. I mean, there's enough guys that can play first base. Kyle Roller, at the very least, could deserve a shot if you need a left-handed power hitter off the bench because um, he's due to be a minor league free agent here soon. So 
I'm going to say no. But Ref Snyder will be here. He'll be back. And Gary Sanchez will probably be here. And so maybe we, Austin Romine. Yeah. You never know. So we have things to look forward to. Yeah. It's going to be a fun summer. Yeah, and when we come back, guess what? Football will have started. Football will have started. The Pre-season. first first game is uh, Sunday. Is Sunday, it Sunday, Sunday. Is the it Hall this Fame Sunday game. or next Sunday? The Hall of Fame game, yeah. Uh, uh, I believe it's this week. I think it is. I think the Giants open up the 11th. No, that can't be right because Sunday's Tuesday. the 9th. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do play Maybe a lot the of those, They do play a lot of those random games on Thursday nights and everything, especially yeah. last week. Yeah. So. I mean, you watch the first 10 minutes of the first preseason game. You just want to see the starters. You, with the Giants, you want to see what the offensive line and the defensive line are going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and you see if DRC and, and uh, Amukamara could uh, stay on the field for an entire season. You do see a lot of... And Beeson. Even in the first preseason game, though, you do see a lot of stuff. I mean, there's guys that are the 70, 80th men on the roster that are battling for those spots. Even if it's special teams... You know, they're battling for those spots, safeties and linebackers and things like that. So those can be a lot of fun, too. You know, early on, it's kind of sloppy. Everybody's getting their their footing underneath them. But the second, third, and especially the fourth preseason game, when it's usually the, the Peyton Manning special where Eli Manning will come out and take a snap, and then he's done for the day. Yeah. I just don't want any of those um, situations where Eli Manning goes out there against the Jets and gets a crown of the helmet to the chin and comes out with blood all over his jersey. Do you remember or, that? Or any of those moments where Mark Sanchez is out there in the fourth quarter of a meaningless preseason game and misses the rest of the year? Yeah. yeah. Or that. You kind of need him with with uh, with Peanut Brittle as your starting quarterback. Yeah. Mr. Glass Sam Bradford. How's your knee, Sam? Glass, I don't know. I don't have one. Glass Joe? Yeah. But, yeah, you don't want a situation like that. But it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to football. Fantasy. We've already started talking too. fantasy draft. With my, my guys on my softball team, we've already started talking nice. fantasy draft. We're having a little Labor Day weekend barbecue draft. I, I might sit this year out. It's just so annoying. I get I get to the final. The last three years, I've gotten to the final and I lost. Three years. I'm the Buffalo Bills of fantasy football. I usually finish in the middle of the pack, but last year I had a really really good year and won two championships and finished second in a third league. Like I had a really good year. Really, see, I I can't. I played five last year. I can't keep up with all that nonsense. Football, I, football, I, I can't. It's once a week. I have two kids. Football's once a week. Yeah, I have to, wait, wait till you have kids. We'll see how much you're you're in there with the fantasy when you know they're tugging at your shirt. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Let's do this. Let's do that. I sound like Chris Russo. I never thought I would. Just give me one time, Savannah. Yeah. I just want to one minute. One money that could have been my fantasy team. Oh, boy. It's not easy. No. But uh, it's worth it. Yeah. It is. It and you're, t- you're, you're going to be with them your way next week. So you're going yeah. to spend a lot of quality time with them before yeah. the older one goes yeah. back to shul. Yep. Can't so. believe. 24 days and back to school. Back to my alarm going off every day for 180 days. And they got out of school like the very tail end of June too, right? No, I think they this year was like the 15th or 16th, and it would have been the 12th if they didn't have the snow days. So we'll see. I know people don't want to be listening about snow days and kids <laughs> going to school, so we're going to wrap this up. We, we have our magic half hour, which is what we wanted to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we covered everything. Okay. I think this, you know, this was great. We, we did a little 40 minutes on Friday. Mm-hmm. An hour and almost an hour and a half on 42 Monday. Forty-two minutes Friday, an hour and twenty-two minutes on Monday, and you got thirty-two minutes of us today. 
That's 150 minutes over three shows. That's a bonus half hour of Chris Sheeran show goodness. You're good at math. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We, as always, we thank you for listening. And uh, if you like what you hear, and I know you do, you could uh, download this to your smart device to make you extremely intelligent uh, at iTunes.com. For Lou DePietro, I'm Chris Sheeran. Adios. <laughs>